All right. Hello. Welcome back to the Mile 17 podcast. This is Colton, and I am super excited because I have my first guest here today. This is Nika. Nika is a bartender turned entrepreneur. Nika used the First Form platform to launch her passion for health and wellness coaching before starting her own coaching business. Nika now spends her time one-on-one coaching to help clients achieve a sustainable lifestyle that best suits their lives. Nika has coached many people on their journey to weight loss, muscle building, eating habits, and several, several other unique health goals. Her qualifications include, but are not limited to, a CrossFit Level 1 coach, certified personal trainer, certified nutrition coach, and above all else, real life experience. Nika knows what it is like to live a life with low self-confidence and battling with unhealthy, non-sustainable habits. Nika now spends her time living in the Phoenix metro area with her husband, Josh, and son, Zayden. So Nika, welcome to the Mile 17 podcast. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm truly honored to be your first yeah. guest. <laughs> it's I was like, me? You want me to be on your yeah, sure. honestly, I, just, I love the work that you do. And I mean, I've even, you know, been one of your clients before. And so has Kai. And like, I feel like my whole family's kind of dabbled in, in your work a little bit. So mm-hmm. I just, whenever I was thinking about it, I was like, yes, this is like kind of what I want this podcast to be about is people who are like you who are out there to change lives and just are, have taken kind of taken control of your own life, which I, I think your whole journey is just like so inspirational. So, and also speaking of Phoenix, I saw that it was like 70 something degrees there yesterday. <laughs> it was hot yesterday, but it's, it's pouring today. It is like, it's yeah. cold. So, <laughs> you know, it's just one of those, you, you never know. Right. Yeah, I was like here, out so. on my walk, which one of the things that I developed from you, a habit that I do all the time and it was like 29 degrees outside <laughs> I have like layers on I'm like my nose is like freezing and I'm sitting here thinking about Phoenix being like 75 degrees but <laughs> oh, it's funny because I'm like at when it was starting to get cooler it was I was like 70 degrees is chilly and then now it's like it's it's a hot yeah. day but I'm sure you're having to adjust out there in Boston. It's nothing compared to where (laughs) you're at. Right. All right. So I kind of just want to start off uh, this conversation. I just want you to kind of take us back to um, just for anyone listening, Nick and I went to the same high school from the same town. That's how we know each other. Um, And so I just kind of want you to take me back to being 16 and just to kind of talk about like what kind of like habits you had in your own life as far as like eating or your exercise and just like the relationship that you had with your body at that time. Yeah. So back whenever I was in high school, I was pretty active. You know, I was playing all the sports, um, volleyball, softball, basketball. So I liked to, I, I was very, I was always an active individual, I suppose. My relationship with food, not so much. Like I grew up in a Hispanic family. So, you know, we were taught to clear, yes, definitely the best food. Ch- green chili chicken enchiladas are <laughs> still my favorite food. Um, but I was always one to clear my plate and go and get seconds or, you know, I was taught to finish my plate. I feel like that was normal back then, you know, you need to finish your food. Um, but I was always one of the, I guess I wasn't overweight because I was, I stayed fairly, fairly active back then. Um, but I was always one of the bigger girls that I hung out with, you know, I was always one of the the larger ones who had a little bit of extra fat on their body. Um, I also had, I remember being self-conscious of my arms because I had more muscle. I know that's silly now because I'm like, I'm proud of it now. But but back then I just remember, you know, someone telling me I had man arms and when you're 16 years old, you know, that was one that's just like, I was very self-conscious about it. Um, 
and ended up, you know, using food more as like a coping mechanism back then. Um, and just once I got pregnant, I wasn't able to, I wasn't able to be as active. And so just kind of took to food and kind of looked at it as, well, I'm going to get fat anyways. So I might right. as well just, so do, do you think, do you think that kind of I mean, like started you developing just like unhealthy habits in that mindset of like, ah, oh, you know, I'm pregnant, I'm going to get fat anyway. Like I'll just, whatever. Like, do you think that that's that kind of like stems to start this like cycle of just like eating bad and even after being after your, um, you had Zayden, your son, like, do you like those habits continue? Absolutely. So after I had him, you know, well, of course, before having him emotions and, um, I always took to food as like my, my coping mechanism. And I didn't have very good, very much self-confidence back then. Um, and I had no idea what was good for you. what was bad for you, but I hated vegetables. I remember not wanting to eat salad. I wouldn't eat any sort of vegetables. And, um, and I was, that's how my parents kind of joked around back then was like, Oh, don't eat. Nika's not going to eat your vegetables. She doesn't eat anything healthy. Um, and then of course, leading up to when I had my son or when I got pregnant with my son, um, I think it, it was obviously very emotional because I was in high school. I had to give up all of the sports that I was going to. Um, my parents obviously were not very happy, so it wasn't like a, a calm right. <laughs> uh, pregnancy throughout. So um, I took to food. I remember even the day I went into labor, I was eating McDonald's for lunch and just was like, you know, it was just kind of something that I didn't really think about. I didn't think about eating well to, to have a healthy pregnancy. I mean, I was just like, well, I'm just getting fat anyways. (laughs) And so, um, and then after I had him, it was just more of like that, that coping, that comfort food and just continued to gain weight after that. So So, if you're comfortable with it, kind of, kind of take me back to being, you were, you were 17 when you got pregnant, right? How, how did that, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's funny because I remember, like I said, going to high school together and like, I have very like vague memories. Like I remember you being pregnant, but I feel like it's really funny because with us, um, we had like these mutual friends, like really good fr- friends. And you and I really never like crossed paths much in high school. Like, cause I was trying to think back to it. And I was like, I, re- I remember mm-hmm. Nika, but like she played sports with my sister. Like, and you know, you were best friends with, like I said, some mutual friends that we had. And it's just, it's so funny how we didn't really like interact much. Um, so yeah, so, yeah. so kind of just like, paint the picture and like take me back to being 17 and being pregnant and what that does to you like emotionally as like a teen mom um and then that even just being like a young mom I think a lot of it was I I I was very stuck with my same people I suppose and then I ended up with um so my self-confidence was the thing that led me to getting in trouble with a lot of boys like I never really got in trouble with parties I wasn't much of a partier I didn't go out much it was the boys. Yes. <laughs> um, there was, you know, things that happened my freshman year with boys. And then um, it was always, I felt like noticed and especially from older guys. Um, so I ended up dating someone who was about four years, Zayden's dad, he's about four years older. And so I just felt like the coolest, like prettiest person ever because somebody was interested in me. And we dated for a while. Um, we were together for about a year, but he was out of high school. He was graduated. Um and I, and he, we actually weren't, um, he, we were a long distance relationship. And then, um, my junior year, I believe that's whenever I got pregnant and I, um, 
it was obviously I didn't find out till that summer. And so my junior year, I felt like was like my highlight year. I played all of the sports. Um, I remember getting ahead in school and getting ready to go into like college classes and things like that. And then of course, um, in between my junior year and senior year was when I found out I was pregnant. And so from then on, I felt like there goes my whole life, right? There goes um, my future. There goes my my senior year, the best year, the, the year that's supposed to um, that's that you're supposed to just go go right, out with a bang. I mean, when you know? you're when you're that and, young, like that's I mean, that's all you know. Like that's all you can see is like this is senior year. Like you can't. You, there's no vision beyond that. Like this, that's all you know. And especially, I think coming you know from where we come from, where it's such a small town, like your perspective is so so narrow you're just like oh my god like yes like my whole life is over now because i'm not having this typical like senior year of high school yep and i think it was especially hard because my mom she got pregnant in high school as well and my whole life growing up that was like her biggest rule was whatever you do don't get pregnant (laughs) just don't get pregnant in high school like (laughs) I'm glad you can, I'm glad you can laugh about it now. One... <laughs> I'm sure she does too. But... <laughs> yes. Well, and it's comical because my sister got pregnant as well. That's right. <laughs> so I think I was in the left. middle. I think she was, she was a year younger than me. I think you were a year older than me. So yeah, that, that's, mm-hmm. that's, I mean, like I said, it's yeah. so funny now. And especially because, <laughs> I mean, you both have like, you know, wonderful kids. Like you can just tell, I don't see, I don't see much of her kid, but like, I just see Zayden, you know, on your stuff and you can just tell like, he's so full of life and now he's, you know, he's your pride and joy. And it's obviously all that pain and suffering and whatever you went through being pregnant and all the feelings was obviously worth it and paid off. Um, well, I mean, what would you, Absolutely. if you could offer like a word of encouragement or just, you know, any kind of advice for not even just teen moms, but just like a young mom going through these kinds of emotions, what would be that? What would you say? I would say that no matter what research you do, no matter what piece of advice someone gives you, like, you know, what is right for your kid and you're doing everything you can to raise your if if you care (laughs) you're a great mom you know and something that my husband tells me all the time is bad moms don't care if they're bad moms and i always question myself you know am i am i doing the right thing for him is this am i being a bad mom to him always wanting to just give him the best future even though you know I, i had him at such a young age um that's the best piece of advice that my husband gave me is bad moms don't right, worry about right. if they're bad moms. I think, I mean, so. obviously I'm not a parent, but I think that so many parents struggle with that is if, you know, if they're doing enough for their kid and at the end of the day, like you're going to screw up, you're going to do things that when Zayden's an adult, he's going to be like, oh my God, like my mom did this. And you know, like you just, you can't help it. Like, and I think that's, I think that's one reason why I'm also just like, I just love like the work you do and just like who you are as a person, because I relate so much. Like when you post stuff with Zayden, like, and I tell you, like, I'll comment to you, like, oh my God, like this just reminds me, like. I just like I was always so close and like that motherly love is like you, there, you can't beat it, honestly. And you can just tell like you just like you light up anything to do with Zayden you just love. <laughs> so, yeah, I know. he's he's such an awesome kid. And, you know, everyone's like, well, you're the yeah. one who raised him. And I still just wonder what I did. Yeah. Right. He's already 11 going into like he'll be in junior high and less than a couple Crazy. years. So that means that, yeah. that means we're all getting old, right? <laughs> oh, wow. Well, to the you know driving or the relationships like he's already emotional as is so we're gonna see how that goes (laughs) all right so my next question for you is kind of take me through the journey to getting getting to phoenix and then 
because uh, you moved there with, did you move there with Zayden's dad? Is that how you got down to Phoenix or did you go down there after the fact you just kind of moved down there? So I actually, um, after I had Zayden about, so I finished my senior year online. So I'm proud of myself that I actually graduated despite the fact that I had my son in the right, middle yeah. of my senior year. Um, so I still graduated. And then at the end of that year, we actually moved to Tucson for a couple months with my dad. Um, cause Kelby Zayden's dad had a job there and then he ended up getting a job in Morency, which is like a super small right. mining town. Um, and so we moved there for about a year and that's whenever, um, you know, we didn't get yeah, along yeah. <laughs> pretty I mean, you're much. Both, as, you're both, there. You know, as you think you look back to it and it's like, you were so young, you both were raising a kid while you're still trying to figure out your own, you know, who you are and what you want in life. And I, you know, I look, I look back now that I'm an adult, I understand like my parents divorced young and it's like, yeah, how could you not? Like you're, you grow into so like such different people. And then, you know, when you have kids in the mix, it just makes it that much more like emotional and difficult to like make those decisions to just like separate and be able to like go your own way. Absolutely. And, you know, we just figured out that we just weren't good together. You know, we are, we both love Zayden. We agreed, we agreed to that. We still continue to agree, agree to that and do what's best for him. But we decided to go our separate ways after a year of being together, or a, after Zayden was a little over a year. Um, so I moved back home. I moved back to Sholo for a couple years there. And that's whenever I started getting into fitness. I was like, you know, you get it, get right, over a big yep. breakup. And that's when I was absolutely at my heaviest. So I was um, you know, probably, so I'm five, three, so I was probably around 210 pounds. Um, not a whole lot of muscle because I wasn't working out. <laughs> and so, um, and so that's whenever I moved back home and that was just kind of my motivation to, all right, time to make a change, time to focus on myself. I think a lot of it was vanity as, as well, because I was like, how could anyone yeah, love yeah. me? I have a baby, I'm overweight, I'm not beautiful, like, you know, and so that kind of was that, that internal motivation plus external motivation. Cause once again, it was that self-confidence thing where I want that recognition from outside of me, right. I suppose from somebody else. Um, and so that kind of fueled my first transformation, my first 60 pounds lost. Um, I lost about 60 pounds that first year, whenever I left, whenever I left Zayden's dad, um, lost about 40 pounds, but I didn't necessarily do it in a sustainable way. Was, that, was, was that a lot of, um, was that a lot of restricting or were you just like going to the gym like every single day and like, like, or was it a little bit of both? Um, so it started off with just restricting food. So I just wouldn't, I remember not eating for hours throughout the day. Um, you know, I, and I still had that mindset. <laughs> I actually had a memory come up not too long ago from whenever, whenever I was doing it, I was doing just the pure salad diet. So I would Gosh, only eat salads. That sounds like my worst, worst nightmare, especially for someone who doesn't like vegetables. Right? I mean. <laughs> Let me tell you. So this is what I thought that you had to do was, you know, just eat salads and work out. And so I started working out. Um, actually, someone we went to high school, Seth, he wrote me workout programs for in the at, or in my parents' garage. And so I just was doing like just little at-home workouts at first. And then um, I actually lost the 60 pounds working out from home. Um, and then at the end of that year was when I got my first gym membership for Christmas. My parents bought me a gym membership and, um, I fell in love with the gym. I just fell in love with working out. I had help, you know, I had a friend of mine, um, 
who grew up 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 there as well, write me workout programs for the gym. She actually kind of taught me a little bit about macros. I never really stuck with it. I did start drinking protein shakes a little bit, but um, just fell in love with the gym. And that's kind of where I got started and got got down to a lean weight and recognized by boys again. Was that that (laughs) when you like sort of CrossFit was at that point? So not yet. I thought I had to be in super right. good shape to start A huge start misconception CrossFit. by people. So. Yeah, so you have to be – first, you have to be in shape to get your foot in the door at CrossFit, which is which is so not true for anybody out there mm-hmm. listening. I mean, there's people of all all shapes and sizes, ages. Uh, you know, I don't – yeah, even now where I'm working at at CrossFit Boston, I mean, there's, you know, there's people that are probably in their 70s. Like, And it's like, yes, they're not doing the things that, you know, maybe the people in their 20s are doing, but they're still there and able to, like, modify things, which is which is what I absolutely like, love about CrossFit is that is that aspect of it. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everything's modified. You can do anything, and it's more just about right. the community, not so much about what right. you can do. That's what I love about it. But I was one of those who thought that I had to be in super good shape to join. You know, I'm not ready right. for it. And so I just worked out at the gym, did my own thing. Um, and then finally, I felt fit enough um, and was convinced to join CrossFit Sholo. That's where we grew up. And I I yeah. loved it. I, the rest is, yeah. I mean, the rest is history I st- from I there. Start, I, I started <laughs> you fall in love. When I started at CrossFit Sholo when it was like, oh, my God, it was literally in like an actual like tiny little box like i think it was run by like run by like the firefighters in sholo and it was like so small and we had no idea what we were doing and it was like there wasn't even classes you just like you could go in and it could be like 11 22 and you just like start a clock somewhere and like start working out and so it's fun to like see like what i started crossfit as versus like now like it's just it's just very interesting um so okay right. so then you ended up in phoenix um and you were bartending correct mm-hmm. how long did you bartend for mm-hmm. For about four years. So after CrossFit, a year later, I met my now husband um, on Tinder. And so he, he <laughs> hey, don't, met, don't I, hate I on I met Kai on too. It's, like, it's fine. <laughs> you know, I think that's honestly yeah. how you find people nowadays. It's nice. It's so, like you can, you know, you can look um, at the things you I like know. and then talk to them. And it's like, okay, I don't want to talk to you anymore next. Don't waste your time. Exactly. No. Um, and so fell in love with him. He actually drove up to Sholo pretty, uh, every weekend for a year. And so I was like, all right, it's time for me to move down. So that's how I ended up here. A couple of my friends worked at a restaurant that I worked for, at for four years called okay, Charleston's. Yeah. And that's when I started bartending. And then, okay. So. so how did, how did you get to a point where you're like, okay, I'm going to make this leap to coaching? Like, were you, were you burnt out of bartending? Were you just, did you just not feel like fulfilled or what was like that point in your life where you're like, okay, like something's got to change. Like, I'm really passionate about this. Like I'm going to take this leap. And you, did you, you started that first form, right? That that was the first thing that you did kind of in the co- the coaching realm. Mm-hmm. Okay. After four years of doing the same thing, you know, bartending and I, and I don't hate on it. It's yeah. easy cash. And it would, it brought me to right. where I, I am my, today. My sister, you know? still, my sister still does. Uh, it was a teacher left teaching, but back to bartending. Cause sometimes like mm-hmm. it pays the bills for sure. And more. So yeah, totally. Yeah. It does. And it's, and it is nice to have like sure. that social yeah. interaction and everything. Um, but it just wasn't, like you said, fulfilling. It really wasn't, you know, I was just doing the same thing and I was sick of just serving alcohol and drinks and, you know, and food to just people who didn't necessarily appreciate right. it, yeah. I suppose. I didn't feel appreciated. Um, it was right. So I left um, in 2020. So it was actually 20, the beginning of 2021. Um, and I was just 
over it. You know, I didn't really want to deal with like the community and like all of I felt like that was such a toxic year for being yeah, in public, yeah, obviously. Sure. Um, and actually I uh, completed 75 hard the first time that year as well. And that kind of sparked my, my passion for fitness again, because after moving down here, um, so it took me four years to dedicate to coaching. Um, it, I, I kind of let go of fitness for a while. I stopped going to CrossFit for a few years. Um, didn't really care too much about my health. I would work out here and there. Like I got back into the gym whenever I was getting married to, of course, right. look fit in my wedding dress, things like that. But never didn't really, I kind of let go and I was starting to put weight back on, not love my body anymore. Um, wasn't taking care of myself. And that year, 2020, I was like, you know what? I was listening to Andy Frisella's podcast and him, that's whenever he kind of first launched. It was about a year after he launched 75 hard. And I, (laughs) oh yeah, (laughs) I met him him in person a couple of times and he he is, he's still just as hard in person. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, um, and so I wanted to do the challenge. I was like, there's no way I could ever give up alcohol for 75 days. There's no way I could ever drink a gallon of water for 75 days. And so, um, I finally committed to it. Me and Jess, um, who we went to high school with, she, we both did it and we completed it and I lost another 20 pounds. And that's whenever I started working out in my gym in my garage. Um, and just was like, all right, I want to help people. I want to help people do this. I did the challenges with First Form as well. And so I fell in love with that community. I was like, um, I was helped by a coach through First Form whenever I was doing 75 hard. And so I just was like, just caught up in all of that and decided I wanted to help others get the transformation that I got myself. So. I'm just going to kind of pause and just tell everybody that's, who's listening what 75 hard actually entails and tell me if I'm missing things. Cause I, I tried it. I don't, I think I tried it twice. Maybe I never finished it, but it was, you did every day for 75 days straight. It was, you had to do two exercises, one inside, one outside, no alcohol. And you had to read 10 pages of like a nonfiction book. Correct. Every day. And then mm-hmm. what else? Water, gallon of water a day. So all five of those things were, mm-hmm. is, that, is that it? <laughs> right. You had to take a picture, take a, a picture, progress yeah. picture every day. The workouts had to be 45 okay, yeah. minutes or if they're below 45 minutes. It was, and then you had to stick to a diet. It didn't matter what diet. You just had to follow through okay. with a diet. Oh my gosh. Um, that, that was, I think that's that it. was hard. I think, I think it lasted like 25 days. And then I was like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> and I remember it's funny because Kaya, my partner, who you also kind of helped through this process. I, it's, it's interesting to me because at that time, I don't, and this kind of can be like another point of emphasis is like, I don't think that he was ready for any of it. Like, and it was like so overwhelming for somebody who had never really like been like, you know, in, in doing any kind of program like that. And I think that like, he so badly wanted to do it, but he just was like, man, like, this is just, this is not for me. And interestingly enough, like he took a lot of tools that, that you had taught him from that. And like, even now, just like with his nutrition, like, it's amazing how much he learned from you from that. And I just think it's important to like kind of emphasize that like not every challenge is right for everybody and 75 hard i think mm-hmm. can be, has really good aspects of it but on the other end of it i think it it can kind of lead you to like restricting and then binging whenever you're when you're done is that how you kind of felt what what would happen yep so i did that first round of 75 hard and to and while i was on it i remember thinking i 
I only have a few days left. I can make it. Or I only have a few weeks. I'm counting down until I was finished was 75 hard. And then once it was over, I remember thinking to myself, oh, I'm free. And so I can binge out on this or I can have as much alcohol as I want or I don't have to go on a walk, you know, and I just felt like I'm free from this 75 hard challenge. And then that's whenever I started to lose progress. I started to gain some weight back. I started to let go of healthy habits. And so I would do 75 hard again. I was like, I got to get back on track. I'm not making progress again. And so I would start it again. And then I would do the phases and then I would do it again. And then I would do the phases. And I felt like I was only on when I right, was like on you 75 like needed, hard. Like you like needed and that then, to like give you some kind of like structure and like guidelines, something to follow or else like you couldn't just like live your life every day, just like kind of based on how your body feels and in, in that aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Yep. It was just, I'm either healthy when I'm on a challenge or I'm letting everything out the window. And not doing right. Anything, so, is so. That, so is that kind of where you're um, like, where you're inspiration for this like sustainable um community kind of comes from like for what you're doing now for, for anybody listening to what Nika's kind of doing now is um it's called sustainably healthy that's is that like the business name okay yeah and you can um so mm-hmm. kind of like talk to us about that and where that inspiration came from to to name it that and kind of what you're like what you're doing with that community yeah so after my final round of 75 hard I pr- made a promise to myself that not going to do it anymore. Cause that last round I got down to a very, very lean weight. Um, and it came with a lot of sacrifices. It came with sacrificing my relationships with my friends, you know, not being able to go out with friends, enjoy myself. I remember my friends, you know, we were getting ready for one of my best friend's wedding and I didn't participate in her bridal shower or events because I was on 75 hard, had to prep my food. Um, I remember getting in fights with my husband because, you know, he wasn't doing the things that were supporting me in my 75 hard journey. Um, and I remember people like remembering me as somebody who lives hard, like, Oh, you're doing 75 hard. You do 365 day hard. Um, I wasn't living my life. You know, I wasn't spending time with my son. I wasn't able to be present with him. Um, and it was just, just became too much. Yes. I got down to an amazing physique. I was proud of that physique, you know, uh, probably doubt I'll ever get there again, but always just reminding yourself of at what cost. And so, you know, at that time I was preaching, doing 75 hard, being perfect with your nutrition. You have to look the part to be a fitness expert. Um, And it just became exhausting. And I noticed that with a lot of my clients, the ones that I was encouraging to be super spot on, um, it wasn't sustainable. And nothing that we were doing 75 hard wasn't sustainable. Tracking your food for the rest of your life isn't sustainable. Um, two 45 minute workouts every day is right. not who has, sustainable. Who has, who has time for um, that? I mean, <laughs> it's like, yeah, right. Nobody, right. nobody right. does. Right. And so, um, so it taught me a lot. I am grateful for the challenges and like you said, the habits that you do get from those things, but it shouldn't be something that you have to fall back on forever and rely on and challenges, whether it's 75 hard or even like eight weeks, six weeks challenges. If you're only on for that time, how, how is that healthy? You know, that's not a healthy lifestyle. Um, and so, you know, what inspired sustainably healthy was 
small habits each day that you can you can do and it's about consistency it's not about perfection um that you enjoy like enjoying the process enjoying the journey um doing things that make you feel good daily and not feeling like you have to i don't have like you have to do two 45 minute workouts like you have to chug a gallon of water like you should be enjoying the process and to me that is sustainably healthy right and i think so it's not just about i think that that's i i love that because kind of what you're saying is you know if you're doing something like 75 hard and you miss a day then even like the app you have is like you start over back from day one versus you know if you're doing this sustainably healthy lifestyle you have a day where you go out with friends and you have some drinks and you didn't work out and you eat all the shit at the restaurant i mean then you know it's like okay i'm gonna wake up tomorrow and like i'm not gonna just like be like all right well all my pro like my progress is gone i'm gonna like now what like you just start back with what you were doing yep and those things should be should be included in your journey right you should be able to go enjoy yourself and i feel like when you restrict yourself from things like events with friends family going out and drinking and or whatever like if you restrict yourself from that then when you do go and you do give yourself a little bit of freedom you're gonna just be like well f it i'm just gonna eat everything because i don't allow myself this whereas like if you do include it you know you'll make more mindful decisions because you're not always restricting yourself um so take me through kind of what a like typical like if somebody wanted to sign up for like the sustainably healthy community and to get coaching with you are you doing like fitness programs are you planning out people's meals like what is what are you exactly doing now is it all is it just nutrition is it all of it like kind of like walk me through like the process of getting signed up with you and what you're offering people right now yeah so um i no longer offer workouts i just found that i like to work out of course with crossfit and so i am coaching in person with crossfit but what a lot of people need online is nutrition and habits. And so that's primarily what my one-on-one coaching is all about. And so I do have a free Facebook community where um, I offer support, I offer tips, I offer um, online trainings, things like that in there. Um, But for my one-on-one coaching, that's primarily just weekly check-ins. You have me in your back pocket. You know, I'm here to support you because I've been there. Um, I think that's what a lot of my clients really depend on the most is like when they're struggling, they'll reach out to me. Hey, this is really, you know, I'm having a hard time with staying on track with my nutrition because my emotions are getting in the way or um, I need help navigating. I'm going out to eat. What would you recommend eating? Things like that. Um, And then of course, you know, I I do, I do offer macros. So I do teach them how to track their macros. Um, I don't necessarily do meal plans. I do offer suggestions, but meal plans, I want to be able to teach you everything to succeed on your own. And so giving you, you know, what I eat every single day, eat this, it's not teaching you anything. I want to teach you um, what what food is fueling you, how to heal your relationship with food. Um, and then of course, you know, make sure that you're eating to also reach your goals. A lot of my clients who come to me are women who are seeking fat loss. You know, they want to lose weight, uh, achieve a specific goal, Um, And so we do have a step-by-step game plan to get to that point, Um, but it's not like a quick fix. You know, if you come to me and you're like, hey, I'm 50 pounds overweight and I want to be 50 pounds lighter by March for spring break, I'm going to say, hey, okay, we're going to figure out a way to get there, but it might take you a year, but we're going to do it in a way that's more sustainable 
um, that you're going to enjoy the process. We're not doing restrictions. And so that's kind of, that's kind of my process. Um, like I said, I do offer that one-on-one nutrition for, or one-on-one coaching for nutrition and more mindset habits, things like that. So it's not like a one size fits all program where you sign up and everybody gets the same program. Is it kind of, um, like when people are coming to you, it's kind of like, okay, let's see what you're wanting, what your body needs, and we'll kind of uh, like craft the specific plan for you to reach these goals that you're wanting in a healthy way that ultimately the goal is to really not need you anymore, right? Is to be able to like eventually be able to just kind of live your life on your own without needing a coach to tell, to tell you and to check in with you and be like, okay, like tweak these things. Like you ultimately want people to just be able to like take these habits and live their life and make take this forever. Yes, exactly. And um, in a way, there is a process. Like I do focus on foundations, like helping them build the habits first. And then there is a there is a, a phase. So I do kind of have a system. So phase one is building up a foundation, building up, you know, those sustainable, I call it the sustainable seven habits, which is eating enough protein, drinking your water, going on a walk daily, getting sleep, like just those basic habits that we work on. Once you have those habits down, then we dial in on your nutrition more. We focus on, you know, hitting your macros more spot on, being a little bit more, um, I, I guess, more dialed in, like maybe saying no a little bit to events just to get to that specific weight loss point. Um, but I don't leave my clients, once they reach their fat loss goal, say they want to lose 20 to 30 pounds and they get to that point, I don't just say, okay, wash my hands, you're done. Um, because the most important part is the phase after dieting, the phase after losing the weight is teaching you how to implement that into your lifestyle. It's teaching you how to, okay, not rely on macros. How do you make mindful choices without tracking your food? How do you, um, you know, start to start to make those conscientious choices to move your body, um, lift weights still, but enjoy it and, and implement that into what I call your version of a sustainably healthy lifestyle. Cause everyone's sustainably healthy is right. going to be different, you know? Right. And so. I think even like I said, from whenever you were kind of like coaching me with the nutrition, it's, you know, it's funny because, you know, I'm a nurse. And so I feel like, you know, there's almost like this like ego part of me that was like, oh, like I should already know this stuff. Like I don't need the help. But like when I let that go and just like let you help me, like it's amazing like how much I learned just about like my own nutrition and like when I had tracked my macros, like now when I, you know, when I look at food or something, I, I can usually just, I can eyeball it and be like, yeah, like I, you know, I can ballpark tell you like what's in that. And if that's, if that's, you know, what I need for the day. And like, there's, there's still times to where like, you know, I get to the end of the day or wake up in the morning and I'm like, oh my God, like I definitely did not eat enough yesterday because I can, I can just feel my body. Like I had a, you know, a hard workout and I can, I can just tell when like, I don't feel my body in the right way. And so I think that it's, I think it's really important mm -hmm. that you're, you're teaching people those things and to be able to like, just take that into their everyday life because there's, there's so much out there that's like not good for us. And like all these habits that we pick up as kids or as adults, and it's hard to break those habits without some kind of like structure or some kind of like groundwork to like to build from and you know i think a lot of there's a lot of bad rap around tracking macros like right. you know people don't want to track every every ounce every gram everything but i do think that at one point in everyone's life you can benefit from it if you do it with right. the right intent if you're just doing it just kind of like hit these numbers these random numbers if you're just like playing macro tetris or whatever um to hit your numbers like you're not going to get the benefit of it it's okay like you like you did 
okay, this is a, what a portion size of chicken looks like. This is what a portion size of, or a serving size of what this looks like. And you're actually understanding like the awareness around it instead of just trying to hit numbers. And I think that what, that's where people kind of get a little bit too fixated, which I've been there, fixated on the numbers, fixated or obsessive, I suppose. Yeah. Is that the right word? Obsessive with tracking yeah. macros. Um, kind of do it just to kind of be aware that's where you see the benefit and that's the tool that you can use that you'll you'll eventually get to a point where you don't have to track your macros because you know protein you know it has carbs in it and it seems that you never forget because i mean we all eat all the time every day you know so it's like when you're when you're just aware of these Mm -hmm. things like eventually you just start to realize like oh like now i now i understand like what's in all of this stuff and once you once you have it like you can't forget it like i said you're eating all the time so how do people yeah. i i got the link to um like your 50 plus macro friendly recipes can you just kind of tell me how people can uh, access that because it's free and it's i was looking through it and there's you know there's nika has things in in this file that are like french toast waffles chicken nuggets desserts like cheesecake pizza like all these things that you wouldn't you wouldn't think that you could eat while you know trying to be healthy and so i just want you to kind of tell us how how we can access that yeah, so you can go to my Instagram. That's usually where I recommend people to find me, message me. That's where I'm at the most. Um, there's a link in that bio, in my bio, and that's where you can have access to. I actually update okay. it weekly. So I update a new recipe each week, completely free, just to kind of give you guys some inspiration, like how, how I make my recipes. These are the recipes that I make for me. These are the recipes I make for my family. And just to kind of teach you guys that, like, you can enjoy your food while still reaching your goals. Um, the main point of it is, you know, prioritizing protein. So that's the main thing. The main thing that you'll get in this recipe ebook is high protein. I'll like my clients, I'm sure you remember me just right. harping on protein. Eat your protein. I don't care if you're hitting your carbs or fats. I want you to get enough protein. Um, so this recipe book will just kind of give you high protein options. And obviously you can in, enjoy it <laughs> if you enjoy those types of recipes or, um, yeah, so there's a lot in there. So, nice. so, okay. I got a couple more questions for you here for, I know that, like I said, I follow you on everything. So I, you know, watch everything that you post and I've, there was, but there's been a couple times where you posted times of where you, you felt, you felt like giving up in there, you know, there were times where you're like, you know, I, I just kind of want to throw in the towel on this and, go the safe route, go back to bartending or find a different job that, you know, I can bring extra income in for my family. Kind of talk to me about that. And what, what drives you to like push forward and to continue and to, you know, to put that voice in the back of your head away and just like push forward. You know, having a son at 18, um, losing weight, you know, I've been through a lot. Owning a business is probably one of the hardest things I've ever done. (laughs) Like, um, you know, it's very challenging because it's not something that you get that immediate satisfaction. It is very similar to a health and fitness journey. Um, and it's been tough because I have a, I have a difficult time, I suppose, talking about my selling myself because with coaching, you know, you have to kind of sell yourself as a coach. You're not giving anyone a, a tangible outcome immediately. Um, and so with first form, I was doing a lot of free coaching. I, you know, wasn't charging And so now I'm transitioning into my own business and starting to have a coach or charge for these for my one on one coaching and things like that. And so that's been a bit of a a struggle. Um, The marketing side of things, putting myself out there like it's a confidence thing. It's something I always struggle with and I still work on and try to get better at every day. 
Um, and so, you know, I've talked to, I've, it's, it's, it's tough and I've cried more times about this to my husband than I can count. Um, and leaving such a, such a simple job that I made kind of silly money (laughs) with bartending, you know, it's going in 20, 20 hours a week and making a full-time job income to owning my own business now and not, and putting in hours and hours (laughs) per day um and not seeing that that income it's tough for i it's more guilt on me for my husband because he's taken a big um he's he's taken a big stress on the family you know it's he he's had to support me and all of this and everything and so um that's definitely been tough we're we're getting there (laughs) um it's still one of those things that i'm working on and so you know some days i'm just like you know i want i don't want him to have to have that much stress on his plate I want to be able to provide for my family as well. Um, And, you know, I've made investments into this, into business coaching and things like that. And I just, you know, it's tough because I am like, you know, it'd just be so much easier if I just worked at the restaurant again. Um, But what keeps me going is, you know, it's a lot like you, like your mile 17 or if you see that meme, that's like the little gold miner like that's almost there. Yeah. Almost yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he's almost there. That's what reminds me of it. Like whenever I want to give up, it's just like, okay, it's, it's, I'm getting right. there, you know? Um, and it's not just about the money for me. It's always about just helping people, helping people really who were previous versions of me, you know, being there for who I needed back whenever I was struggling in high school or when I was struggling whenever I had no idea what was in my food or when I was struggling with my self-confidence and the way I looked in the mirror and things like that. And so um, every time I second guess myself and want to quit, want to stop coaching, want to do my own thing, one person reaches out to me and is like, you know, you inspired me today. You you really helped me get through this. And it's like, okay, this is why I do what I do. And I think I think when you can go at your, you know, at your work from an angle of passion and, and love, like it, it just makes it, it makes it so much better and so much more worth it versus like you're saying, like, yes, like we all need money to survive. Like we all want money. Like we all like to do things and have things like, you know, that's, that's just human nature. But at the end of the day, I think, you know, what I've kind of come to realize is, you know, what's the point of this when you get to the end of your life and you look back and you're like, yeah, you know, I have all this money. But it, and then it's like, yeah, but for what? Like, were you were you actually doing something that you enjoyed and that you loved and that you can look back on and, and be proud of? And, you know, you having a son, like, I'm sure that's something that you want to pass on to him is to, like, you know, go at, go at the things that you're passionate about and, and you know, build this life that, that you love and that you, that you crave, that you want to wake up every day and live versus just, you know, doing the societal norm and going to get that office, you know, nine to five job or like just the safe route. And not to say there's anything wrong with that. You know, people, everybody has different, different um, wants and different needs. And, you know, I think sometimes, you know, people don't necessarily have as much, you know, emphasis or care on what they do for work and they have other points of emphasis in their life. And that's totally fine too. But I think, I just think that it's so it's so inspiring and so motivating like what you do and the work that you put out and like the way that you just want to help people i think that's i think that's what's going to continue to put you above and to keep you going is that people see that in you and they can they can see that it comes from like an authentic place and you living living that and showing you know the pictures of you when you were overweight and like what you've come to now and then like i saw i I saw you post something i think it was maybe today or yesterday about how you weigh the most that you ever have but you feel like it's the way you feel and i think just 
especially for mm-hmm. women, just to see somebody like being that, that honest and that vulnerable is, it's, it's just so important for young women, especially to see. Absolutely. And yeah, definitely. Um, I, I did weigh myself. I am the heaviest, but it's good to get to a point, And that's what I preach to everyone is to not worry about that number on the scale. It's about, you know, if you're living a sustainably healthy lifestyle for yourself mentally more than anything and physically. Um, but, you know, that's just kind of what I want to help people. And I have a hard time with like encouraging people to lose weight or saying, yeah, let's, you know, cheering people on to lose weight when it's more about how you feel, you know, and like you said, being able to live the best life you possibly can and, um, and no, no amount of money can, can get you, you know, a happy and sustainable lifestyle where you're just living your best life. Right. right. I think, I think once you get, I think if you can get that, the hardest part for people, I think is if you can get that mental part down and you can, you can get a grasp on, on your, your mentality. I think the physical part of it just kind of comes naturally because like you're saying, like if you, Mm -hmm. if you can live from a point in your life of, of just almost like peace and, you know, being okay with yourself and being happy with who you are and the body that you have, then I feel like the physical aspect kind of just like naturally will come from that. So kind of my, my last question to kind of wrap this up with you, Nika. Uh, So the whole podcast is called mile 17 and what I've explained before is this was, you know, a point in the marathon for me to where I had, I had surpassed uh, any distance I'd ever ran. I had, you know, passed my family and my friends. I still had, what is that? Like 9.2 miles left to go. I was dying. I felt terrible. I literally wanted to just stop. It was raining, like (laughs) all these things. I'm not convincing anybody right now to run a marathon. I don't think, but I just, I I wanted to lay on the side (laughs) of the road and die. But basically that 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 mile 17 is just a metaphor for me and really is like something that i feel so strongly about to where i chose to keep going and putting one foot in front of the other and so i just want you to kind of you know paint a picture for me tell me at what in your life what has been so far there's going to be many of these because i don't i don't look at this the marathon is like mile one is like you're born mile 26.2 is when you die like this can be a year this can be a month any, you know, a portion of decade, what, at what point in your life so far has, has, has been your mile 17 that you didn't think that you could go any further, but you, you just kept putting one foot in the front of the other and you proved to yourself that you could do it. Honestly, like, I feel like there's been many, like you said, um, when it comes to like parenting Zayden and thinking, you know, being a single mom and, um, thinking that, I couldn't, there's no way I could raise an amazing kid on my own. And I continue to just show up every day for him and do, do the best I possibly can. Um, when it comes to my business, that's the biggest thing is my mile 17. I feel like every single day I wake up and I'm like, I could just quit every, right every now. Day's your mar- I could every just give up. Every day is a marathon for you, Nika. <laughs> every day is day waking up and just getting, you know, getting on here and just doing my best. And just try, just showing up every day on my social media, showing up every day for my clients, showing up every day just to put put my message out there and just know that it comes from a, a vulnerable, not a vulnerable place, but a, a genuine place, you know. Um, but there's many days where I just want to give up and just, like I said, go back to bartending. But I know that that's one less person that I'm going to be able to help if I do. So. Well. That's definitely my. That's, that's a great answer. Honestly, I, I love that. And I think that I, I know I've told you this before, but I honestly, I think that 
you're doing an awesome job. And if nobody's told you lately, like you're killing it. And I, I love following you and seeing, you know, how, how you help people. And I think that you're, you're a great example for all the moms out there, single moms, young women of somebody who's just taking control of their life. And although, you know, you, and you, the thing that I love is like, you show when like the ugliest parts too, like you show when like you've had like bad days or you've, you know, like I said, like you post the, the pictures of you when you were not at your healthiest. And I just, I just think that it's, it's so important for, uh, for today and especially in society with, you know, with social media and half the stuff that you see on there that really isn't how people live and how they are. And I just, honestly, I think that it's, it's so amazing, which is why I wanted you on, on this podcast. So for everybody out there who's listening to this, you can find Nika on TikTok at Nika underscore Lee. You can find her on Instagram coach.nika.lee and that's where you'll find the link to pretty much everything that she has out there um so i'll put in the show notes the link to her life uh, for the lifetime access for her macro friendly recipes and yeah thank you everybody for listening and thank you nika for joining me it's been fun thank you so much it was awesome i appreciate you